Hello and welcome to Monday Night Bites, the long-awaited return of object-oriented programming. We're back, baby. This time with more polymorphism and less confusion. Aw, yeah. Nice. It's gonna be be good. I've I've personally now used object-oriented programming to do baby's first engineering assignment. And uh, it's, it's pretty good. I can, I can see why people use it. Uh, the thing I love to use it for is uh, when I have like a material or like a fluid and I've got a bunch of properties that I gotta manage, I like, I'll input all the properties into like an object and then when I need to call it in a function, I just do like propane dot density. Yeah, nice. And it's like, so. oof. I get the point now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But for, before we dive too far deep, let's, let's do some tech news. Yeah, hit us with some tech news, Daniel. All right. So, in our first piece of tech news, Italy, the country, <laughs> is mm. finding Apple 10 million euros I, Yeah, over iPhone water-resistant claims. So, basically, they're, they're um, finding Apple because Apple claimed that their phones were water-resistant. And it's really not the case. Like they can't, because oh. uh, they have some like specific articles in their laws about, um, I guess, their commercial selling and buying and stuff. Mm-hmm. There can't be like super aggressive tactics. And they're debating if the claims about water resistance um, are violations of those codes. So it's interesting, for sure. It is interesting. The entire country. The entire country. Not, not like... The, the government, probably. Yeah, the country of Italy, not Italy, like the town. Yeah, definitely not the or town. Or Italy, Italy, the guy. Yeah, not, not a guy named Italy. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> all right. All right. <laughs> we go through all the possible applications of the word Italy. <laughs> There's also Italy. Italy some more. The leader, <laughs> Italy, the state. No. Uh, we love, also, we love you, Italy. You sound yeah, like Spanish. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd love to. Italy definitely would accept sponsorships <laughs> from, from the Italy. country. Sponsors, Italy. <laughs> okay. I'm here for you. <laughs> all right, all right. Also, I have two more pieces of tech news. Oh, all right, two more tech news. So, Microsoft is filing a patent to record and, and score meetings on for body language. On so, like, based on the body language of people during a meeting, they're gonna record it. And they're going to give scores to meetings to see how effective a meeting was based on body language. That's interesting. Wait, say that body language. Who's body language? The people conducting the meeting are the people. In oh, the they're. They are. The, is this a, this is software? That's yeah, yeah. They're. Oh. They're going to track the body language of people in the room and to see how effective the meeting was to give it a score. Hey, yo, that's crazy. Dude. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty neat. It's pretty strange. <laughs> this is why we need a Victorian programming. <laughs> Alright, last tech news. Alright, and then also the NHS is, has made a COVID-19 app to, um, for self-isolation payments for people who aren't, um, don't have a lot of money. And so they can self-isolate and still have some money. Nice. Mm. Pretty cool. That's good stuff. Oh, that is good stuff. Yeah. Alright. Alright. Object-oriented programming. Object-oriented programming. So Joey. Yeah. Tell us what is polymorphism about. Alright, so we want to start with polymorphism. Alright, so poly, polymorphism is the ability of a method 
to receive <clears throat> different types of or yeah to receive different types of inputs. Okay. Um, I think is how I would define it. It's probably not a really good definition, but that's the best I can do when you put me on the spot like that. <laughs> You're fine. But um, so for example, let's say an example, okay? And this is called um, this example is called overloading. This is one type of polymorphism. So you have let's say I have two methods, okay? And let's say in one method I want to give one method I want my parameter to be an integer data type, right? Or an integer object. Eh, no, let's leave it in data type. It's an int data type, okay? INT. That's the data, data type it's taking. But then I also want to have the method of the same name, but I want it to take characters, right? So I have the, the char, char data type, C H A R. Well, thanks to polymorphism, um, at least in Java, I know, or in object oriented programming languages, it will allow me to call the method name. And depending on the data type that I give it as a parameter, it will call the correct corresponding method. And so then I'll have to type up two methods, but they'll yeah. both be the same name. And they're, they'll both probably be similar, which is why I gave them the same name. So like in Java, you can add two characters, just like you can add integers. I might want to be able to add characters or integers and just call it like add, call the method like add together or something. Huh. Mm. That's a good example. I like that. Yeah. Mm. That is, that's good. Yeah. But there is also there's more types of object of polymorphism. Me, polymorphism than just um than just the overloading. Compile um time polymorphism, I guess. Well, so I don't know if that's what I would call I it's sort of. So yeah, so the way that I've seen it done, the way that I've seen it explained is a static polymorphism and dynamic polymorphism. And so those definitions have to do with where the polymorphism is evaluated in the program. Yes. So in static, um, that means everything gets evaluated in the compiler, like way before runtime. Yeah. Um, in dynamic, of course, conversely, it's during runtime. So it gets gotcha. compiled, the program is like, I don't really know what this is, I guess I'll figure it out when I get there. Uh, and then it gets there, and then it figures it out. And so, um, static polymorphism, is, like the classic example, is more like you have two methods with two different sets of input parameters uh, in a class. And uh, depending on what parameters you put in when you call the method, that determines which of the two <clears throat> yeah. gets, this is gets executed. Right? Yeah. And that's yeah. that, and that's the, that's over, the overloading way. Yeah, the overloading and static are the same thing. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because a compiler can see like, oh, you fed me this many parameters, yeah. you must yes. want this function, this method. Yeah. So there's overwriting, right? Yeah, and there's also Which overwriting dynamic. or dynamic, dynamic or runtime. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> well, during runtime. During yeah. runtime. That's um, what makes it dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> Which is where. Um, it to as it the way it would be implemented with encode is you have a, a superclass and you have your subclass right and so you have in the superclass you have like oh i have this one method let's keep the method let's say i have this one method add together and it adds together two things right but then in the subclass let's say i actually want to make it um i want it to work a little bit differently right so i can make the same method the uh, method with the same name 
and just define what it does differently and it will override the method from the super class. Mm. I saw an example for this that ties beautifully into that one example that everybody liked so much in the algorithms episode. Uh, the coffee machine example. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the one. So the example of the class uh, that I saw was coffee machine. So like okay. your super class is coffee machine. Your subclass is uh, premium coffee machine. Fancy. So it can make espresso. Nice. And cool. so... Um, Basically, the program, I believe it was just like brew, it was mm -hmm. basically like the method. Yeah. And so you have brew in your premium, and you have brew in your in your super class. And so your super class, if it gets brew, it just runs the basic, throw some hot water in it, don't worry about it. But if you run it in your subclass, if you get that method to run, instead it does espresso. Ah, yes, yeah, so it overrides it just the regular coffee. Exactly, because it's a different behavior. Yeah. you got to pressurize your junk, and then you got to open it at a certain point. Espresso is complicated. Yeah, I've never made espresso. But for you yeah. fancy coffee people out there like myself, um, this example will really work for you. And for those of you that drink tea, we I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. There's probably an appropriate tea metaphor that could have been made. Yeah. But... I don't know. I don't like tea. Oof. Um, yeah, that hurts. Controversial. <laughs> all right. Before we let's not get too political. I like it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So after poly so polymorphism, um, I think we're pretty good on that. Okay, that's just one yeah. of the pillars of object-oriented. Uh, it, yeah, it's. I feel like we. Yeah, this is. Our, our last episode, we got really confused with polymorphism, I think. Yeah. So we, this is good. We didn't yeah. go too much in depth. We didn't quite understand it as well as we should have ourselves, but now we do. And so we're back. It's the sequel. Back. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo type <laughs> stuff. Exactly. The, the usual. Okay. The usual. Reloaded. Reloaded. <laughs> That's what this is. Reloaded, revamped, striking back for the second time. <laughs> I love it. Okay. The next pillar, the next pillar, okay, let's hit, um, let's hit abstraction, right? Abstraction is pretty straightforward. I already kind of touched on it for a second. I think so, yeah. It was just basically like, hey, you know what? These aren't actually like real concrete things. We're kind of making them up and we're kind of making them whatever we want. Exactly. Because it's abstract. You can't, you can't touch a program. Yeah. So, right. So give it, do you have an example? That um, actually I do. Okay. okay. Flashback to my freshman year, first semester. Whoa, whoa, okay. Oh. I'm imagining the hair. I'm imagining the height. Okay. And it's the same, basically <laughs> the same hair and height. I think my hair might have been a little shorter. I need a haircut. But. Imagine so, the voice. Sounds good. <laughs> thank you. Uh, okay, so. I'm glad you've initialized this situation. <laughs> <laughs> now imagine my professor. <laughs> okay. So you have, uh, towards the end, <clears throat> when we started talking about object-oriented programming. That was like the last section. Yep. Um, my professor talked about I didn't quite get it at the time. <clears throat> but like the more I've dealt with it, the more I understand. I, now I understand it. Is it's you, you define it however you want, and I consider this to be abstraction. I think the example was he had class Apple, right? And so I was like, so what attributes do you want to um, take into consideration with aforementioned Apple? Well, you can talk about the color, you can talk about whether or not it has worms, you can talk about whether or not it fell from a tree or whether it was plucked from a tree, not, I don't know, right? But you, you, you get to pick its attributes 
because I, and I, I consider that to be abstraction because when I first thought of it, I was I was like, well, how do we know what attributes the apple has? Why do why is it this one? Why are we talking about color but not like the diameter of the apple? And it's like it's because it's abstract. It's whatever you want. It's not a real apple. You're dealing with your apple. You made this apple and you get to do with it what you want because it's abstract. And abstract things are things that we can easily deal with once defined. Mm. If that makes sense. Is that a good example? That might have that might have been a great example. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I feel abstraction is kind of a is funny terminology. It is. So my understanding of it, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is not the part of this that I did any appreciable research on. Mm. Um, is that like abstraction and OOP, what separates it from like other forms or procedures of programming, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, is that you can take these objects and basically you tell the program what you understand this thing to be and the program itself, because of the way that it's structured, it's able to correlate that like concept that you have with like a variable or like an array or whatever the, the I think actual... that's a way better explanation than my personal experience. Well, but it was yeah, good. I, it I'm was not good that you myself up. I'm joking. It's sarcastic. Yeah. But um, no, yeah. But I think that that's a really better way. Is it deals with the way that you've defined it. Whatever it was that you just said. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've been using it for my engineering projects. Because I'm doing thermal systems design. So I'm doing, it's, it's pumps, and it's pipes, and it's mm-hmm. heat, and it's things. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is like thermodynamic analysis and like heat transfer stuff. Uh, so it's a lot of objects that have properties and then interact. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's super helpful because most of what I deal with since it's like undergrad um, is steady state. So nothing changes with time. I'm not having to run like Simulink type models. So instead, using our not sponsored oh, MATLAB. MATLAB. MATLAB supports OOP, and that's how I've been learning. Because um, it's way easier than what I tried to do in C++. And like I'll basically I'll build out like heat exchanger. It's like it's this long. It's got this many tubes. Mm-hmm. This is what it's made out of. This is what it does. And then I can write out all these methods, mm-hmm. and then I can just change the properties in a super intuitive way, and rerun all the methods in like a script, and then all my data is changed automatically. So it's super useful. I think I'm touching on encapsulation at this point. Yeah, probably. So, yes. so I, what, I've, what I've been reading about abstraction is that it's hiding feature, hiding implementation that isn't necessary to the user, and only showing functionality. I, um, think I would that think that is encapsulation. I think they're kind of they're kind of they're very similar. I think what you're, I think what you're saying is more like textbook definition. Okay. I think it's more practical for when you're actually doing applications. Okay. I, I think you're talking on like a different level than we were, but sort of saying the same thing. Okay. Because we have no interest in hiding things from the user. Like, I personally don't, because my programs aren't complicated enough for yeah. that to matter. That's true. Um, but that's very fair, being able yeah. to, like, abstract. It's way more succinct that. than either of what we said. Also true. Yeah. 
Um, good input, Danny. But I feel like this this ties into this is a good transition point to encap. How are we on time? Before I say encapsulation, we're pretty good. We're uh, sixteen minutes in. <laughs> okay, that's what I was looking for. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty good. Okay. Keep on going. <laughs> All right, encapsulation. What is encapsulation? Well, my understanding of encapsulation is basically like encapsulate this definition for us. <laughs> uh, that's that's um okay. So encapsulation is like is basically like how Java has classes. That's encapsulation. You get to keep all of your information and your methods and your data types, your variables, which are of data types, right? All those are in one like class. It's encapsulated. I think you wrap it in a box, you put a bow on it, and you send it to your grandmother for Christmas. You encapsulated the the tro- chocolate truffles that you sent to your grandmother. It's encapsulation. That's not 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 completely. No, encapsulation also to go further than that um, is it is I think because the definition you gave for abstraction was I feel like is a good transition over to encapsulation because encapsulation ties into it because or is similar to that because. It, part, part of its purpose is to um, prevent direct access to some data types or methods, mm. or no, to some data types. Or yeah, to some data types or methods. And so let's say I have my my Apple class. Yeah. Or no, let's get rid of that. Let's call it car. Car is a great example. Let's say if I want to be able to, let's say I have a car, and an object car, and let's say I've started it and let's say there's like one variable that says the car is now running at 50 miles an hour, right? Let's say I want to, I don't want to be able to directly just change the speed of the car. Um, I want to, I, w- I want to make it so that way all the methods in order to change the way that the car is operating, I have to go through the methods for that because the methods can have checks and balances in place to prevent me from doing something that doesn't make any sense. So within the method of like change speed, let's say I have a check that says like, oh, did they accidentally set the speed to negative? We don't want to do that, so we're not going to do that. Versus if I allow them to edit the speed directly, the, the variable speed directly, if they access it and change it to negative, there's not really anything in place that can prevent them from doing that. And that's also a part of encapsulation. Nice. Like if that. that, does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. So it's got a lot to do with scope. Um... Yes, sort of. I I don't know if scope is the word I would use because my, my understanding of scope is just how long, like the where the environment contains the definition of a certain variable. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it could have. Yeah, it could have. So basically, oh, so it's, it's more like permissions than like. Yeah. Well, it, it is permissions. Yeah. Well, but it is kind of like the container by which the in a, a class is contained within. Like these are all the methods for the class. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean by scope now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense. Like the scope of that variable is only within the class, so you can't really touch it outside of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why that's you have like private, uh, variables. data types variables. Yeah. Mm. Yes. All the good stuff. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, last last one, last pillar, is inheritance. And inheritance is the ability to create new classes from old classes. So new classes from old classes. Yeah. 
So you have, let's see, if I have my class car, let's say I want to get more specific than that, and let's say I want to have the subclass Subaru, right? Because that's what uh, love, that Subarus are love, right? What makes a Subaru a Subaru? It's love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just like lemonade. I'm with so, um, the, but, so, but if I want to have a Subaru, I don't want to have to redefine like, oh, here's my variable for setting the speed and here's my variable. Here's my variable for love. Yeah, or, or <laughs> actually, 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 I would use that. I don't want to have to redefine my speed and my doors locked and my tire pressure and whatever you want to, air conditioning variables. I don't want to have to redefine all that, okay? But with the Subaru class, it does add something new. Adds love. It adds love, right. <laughs> and so now I want to be able to take all, inherit all the things from the parent class car and in, adi and in addition, add things specific to the Subaru i.e. love. love. And nitrogen-filled tires. <laughs> and and nitrogen-filled tires, yeah. Um, is that a... That... Something like that. They <laughs> fill their tires with, like, special air. I have That's the whole thing. Well, I've never heard air that. For, they just suck the air from Mars. I thought you were holding my leg. Not sponsored by Subaru. But we can't be. We love you guys. We just talked about how we could program for you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's, that, that is what my definition of inheritance, my personal definition of inheritance is. I think your personal definition is now my personal definition. Nice. Well, a personal example, ones. but yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Go and spread the love with your Subaru class. Subaru subclass. Mm. Or subclass relative to car class. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's pretty much, uh, OOP. Those are the four pillars. In a nutshell. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> that's, uh, that's, that's the one. OOP strikes back. OOP strikes back for the second time when doing electric boogaloo. <clears throat> um, that's, yeah. I ran out of that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. 2.2. 2.2. 2.2. 1B. Yeah. Let's see. Part two. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> Episode two. Uh, this right. time we understand polymorphism. So we can close this. Closing comments. Did we close the comments? Dylan, do you have any? I'm glad to uh, have learned object-oriented programming and used it for real-world applications. Never probably would have done it without this podcast. Yes. And MATLAB tutorials. That's awesome. Not sponsored from sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is another life-changing story. From our podcast. That's right. Another. <laughs> you too could have your life changed by our podcast. Send us money. Yeah. We don't have a we don't have a way for YouTube, but if you want to really try, reach out to us through you'll you'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Um I think so my closing comments are that I feel like this time around we had a better understanding of what what object oriented programming object oriented programming encapsulates. And um I definitely have a better understanding coming out of it, less confusion. Mm -hmm. So that is really good. Yeah. I think um, object-oriented programming really encapsulates a lot of what modern-day programming is. Though it's very difficult to understand because it can be really abstract. But I think if you inherit the knowledge from the right people with the not right explanations, then um, you too can learn how to polymorphism. <laughs> Polymorphite. <laughs> that was good. Did you write that like last week? How long did it take you? It, I, I made up, made it up just now. 
Incredible. I know. I'm so talented. I am so talented. All right. All right. All right. And we'll see you guys next time. Next season. Six seasons in a movie. Bye.